I rarely hear anyone say what God, God has done in his life or that God showed him a scripture to do. They come saying, I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Catholic, I'm Church of Christ. They are not testifying as to God when they say that. They are testifying to their denomination, and they cause division. I avoid people who come to me telling me of their denominations. Several years ago, I played uh, Duplicate Bridge at the Bridge Center in Lubbock, Texas. Almost every person in the Bridge Center identified himself by some church denomination, and they loved to do that. There was one woman that was really bad at this. I took my cousin and her husband over to introduce them to a few people at the Bridge Center, I must have been with my cousin's husband when this happened because I didn't hear it happen. But when we got outside, Donna Faye said to me, that woman, the first thing she said to me is, I'm Alice Celine and I'm a member of the Church of Christ. I said, oh yeah, Alice Celine does that. She always likes to tell of her church. But she never, I didn't tell Donna Faye this, but she never speaks of God. She just identifies herself as Church of Christ. She died when she was somewhere in her early 90s. Another one of the bridge players was telling me this. I wasn't, I had quit bridge by that time. But um, this other bridge player was telling me about this. After Alice Aline died, they found she had been stealing money from the bridge center. She took up the money, we paid $3 a session, and she took up the money at the door when we came in to play. And after she died, they found she had taken part of the money. Her relatives paid it back, but when I think of the judgment seat of Christ, I, I just always wonder about Alice Elaine. I wonder about her salvation. Though she talked constantly about her church, not about God, not about Scripture, about her church. She went to Church of Christ. Her father was some form of dean of students at Abilene Christian College, which is a Church of Christ school. She was raised in Abilene, right on the campus of ACC. She would tell stories like that. I never, ever heard her mention a Scripture or anything that God was having her do. It's an extremely sad story because if you will look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're told we are all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ to answer for that which we've done on this earth. I just tremble at thinking of Alice Aline because all I can think of about Alice Aline at this point in time is she stole money from the Bridge Center. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says, We labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. When they say, I'm Catholic, I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Church of Christ, they bring division to the body of Christ. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, says Paul, beseech you, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. This is what's so serious about this denomination thing. They want to promote their denomination. They are not promoting God. I think they think they're promoting God, but really they're promoting their church. And this is really sad. But so many people today are not even of the Spirit of God. They've joined a church of their own will. Usually the church that their ancestors attend. And they often think that's the best church, the only church, the most important church, and no more. There's an arrogance involved in the denominations also a pride and arrogancy. But a, the worst thing of all is it immediately divides the body of Christ. It immediately causes someone to question you, dislike you, hate you. Because if they are a Baptist and you are Catholic, there's immediate revulsion. We just shouldn't be doing it. We shouldn't be saying we are of a denomination. We should say only, if we say anything, we should identify ourselves as being Christian. Most of the time, you don't have to even identify yourself as being Christian. People will know you are a Christian as they are around you because you will talk of God. You can't help it if you belong to God. You will be telling what God has done in your life. Now, many will dislike you when you do that, many church people will dislike you when you tell what God has done for you or when you tell that God has reminded you of a certain scripture to show you to do that in a certain situation. They will not want any more to do with you. And that's the church people. But that's proper to tell what God has done for you. But to say that you're a Baptist or to say you're Catholic, you see how that is a sword that divides the body of Christ? It brings immediate division. Paul says when you do that, you are carnal and he has to speak to you as babes for you show you cannot handle 
the meat of the Word of God when you do that. I have come to the point that when a person does that with me, I just avoid that person. Or when they come asking me, what church do you go to? I avoid that person because it's the same thing. They're bringing division in the body of Christ. Usually when they say that to me, I tell them I go to any church that upholds the word of God. I gather with anyone who is a member of the body of Christ who is living according to the word of God and trying to follow scriptures. And they don't want any more to do with talking about that. When they say they are Baptist, Church of Christ, and such, they are wanting to glory in your flesh. That's what that is, is a desire to glory in your flesh. It does not bring edification. If you're doing that, I recommend you stop it immediately. Paul said to us in Titus chapter 3, verse 9, But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. For a brief period, a woman came to my house and trimmed my toenails because I couldn't reach them. I'm 82 and I've fallen several times and have broken bones and stuff. And she would come and cut my toenails. The first time she came, she uh, when I when she realized I was a Christian, I said something about some scripture, and she immediately began talking to me. And she said something about what do you think about speaking in tongues? Now I shouldn't have even answered her; I should have avoided her. But I, unfortunately, at that time, I said to her, "Well, Paul says." forbid not to speak in tongues. And she said, oh, he's against tongues. And I said, no. He said, don't forbid the speaking of tongues. And I gave her the scripture. This woman could have looked it up in the Bible herself if she wanted to know about tongues. All she'd have to do is type in a search for the word tongues, and she would find immediately that scripture. But instead, she asked me. Well, it turned out all she wanted to know she wanted Paul to be against tongues because her dad was Pentecostal and was for the speaking in tongues, and she was against it. And it was just foolishness for me to have even answered her. But I will say, at that time, I had not really studied this scripture in Titus, where Paul said, avoid foolish questions. These people just want to bring division. They're wanting to pick a bone. They're usually not wanting to know the truth. And it is very, very sad. If we want to know the truth about the Bible, then read the Bible on that subject in particular of which you wish to know the truth. And especially pray for God to give you wisdom. If you have a pure heart, and if you're not just trying to prove somebody else wrong, then I think God will bring the truth to you when you pray that way. And when I was at the Bridge Center, I never did speak to anybody about religion. I just never mentioned it. And they certainly had no idea that I am a called member, a called minister to the body of Christ, according to Ephesians 
chapter 4, verse 11, 12. I'm an apostle prophet in those two offices. Given to the church after Jesus arose. He gave to the church some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the work of the ministry for edification of the body of Christ. I just didn't talk about religion at the Bridge Center. They immediately told me what church they attended to, and I said nothing. Uh, During that time, there was a woman who identified herself as a Methodist, and she proudly said that she had taken communion that morning, and I was just horrified. I just sat there with my head bowed, because I know communion is not crackers and grape juice. Communion is the Word of God taking the word of God. That's how we commune with God. That's the Lord's Supper. But I know that these churches call it crackers and grape juice. I just avoid debating with them, as Paul said to do. I don't want to debate with them. But I know what it is, because God's revealed it to me. I know the Lord's Supper is eating and drinking the word of God correctly for your own life. But then she went on to say, I don't know why she would have said this. She went on to say, I'm wearing red underwear today. Now, that is totally out of place to say that, period. But I was so embarrassed because my partner was a man. And she said that in front of him. This is just awful. Years later, I visited this woman. She was in a rehabilitation center. She was 91 at that time and was dying. She said to me, I didn't know this was going to happen to me. I said, well, what did you think was going to happen? She said, well, I don't know, but not this. She was from New Orleans and kind of pictured herself as the belle of the ball. And here she had gotten very old and was at the point of death and was worried about the way she looked physically. And a very silly young therapist happened to be standing there at the time. And this therapist was all all obviously involved in some church because she said, well, but Sarah had a baby when she was 90, as if this 91-year-old woman was going to be fine. And I told this young therapist, I said, Sarah was on a special anointing of God. That was a call of God on Sarah. It had nothing to do with what this other woman was like. This other woman was getting ready to die. One of my other partners at the Bridge Center was Catholic. She was just furious every time she saw a woman named Jean who would come in the door because Jean was Church of Christ and she had invited her to go to church with her. And Betsy would say, she invited me to go to church with her. I'm Catholic. She was just furious with Jean. But they loved to tell where they went to church. Never did I ever hear anyone say anything about what God was doing in their lives nor did I ever hear any one of these people say anything about a scripture. 
I do not believe any of these people were really Christians, though some were leaders in their church group. One was even married to a Church of Christ preacher. I was so shocked when I learned that because her hair was cut exactly like a man's hair. I I was so surprised when she said she was the wife of a Church of Christ preacher. You may not know this, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we read that it's a shame for a woman to pray or prophesy with her hair shorn like that, uncovered. That is the covering for the woman was her hair. Her hair is given to her as a covering, says Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I was very shocked when I saw this woman who was at least as old as I, maybe a little older, when I saw her, heard her say she was the wife of the Church of Christ minister. Now later she died of cancer. Maybe she had cancer at that time, but most of us would have worn a wig who know 1 Corinthians 11. We wouldn't have gone out with her hair cut like a man. I don't think she knew that scripture because of the way she wore her hair. If she did, she's one of those people that pays no attention to the scriptures, doesn't apply them to her own life. Ever learning, Paul says, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. He said they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And he says, avoid such people. That is in Second Timothy chapter 3. I'll look that up. Paul says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. They're going to come because of all of these people who say they're Christians, but they don't have the Spirit of God. Jesus warned us about this in Matthew 24. He said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And Jesus identified that as a sign of the end times. For his disciples had just come to him, telling him about the temple, and Jesus said, The time will come that all of these stones will be one stone upon another, uh, knocked down. And his disciples said, Well, tell us what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. And Jesus says, Well, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Many are going to come saying they are Christians, but they'll deceive people because they won't have the Spirit of God. They put themselves in the church without the Spirit of God. And that's a sign of the end times. Well, it's everywhere today. God gave me an open vision of this. And it was like I was sitting in the middle of a room and out from under the baseboards on three sides of the room came all this vermin toward me. And they were basically identifying themselves as Christians. But they are not Christians. They do not have the Spirit. Now they have a form of godliness. And Paul talks about that in Second. Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, he said, Having a form of godliness, they'll come 
saying they went to church. They'll come often telling the name of the church they went to the last on last Sunday. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They don't take something like 1 Corinthians 11, where it tells that it's a shame for women to wear short hair. They don't take that and apply it to themselves. Therefore, they deny the power of the scriptures to rule over them. And Paul tells us, from such, turn away. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. I spoke of that Catholic woman, and I one time went to Barnes & Noble and looked up a scripture in the Bible, the Catholic Bible, just to see if that scripture was there where it says, Call no man father. That's in Matthew 23, I believe, verse 9. Jesus said, Call no man father. It's in the Catholic Bible. I couldn't believe the Catholics would put that in their Bible when they teach their people to call their priest father. But I sent an email to this Catholic woman, and I told her this, and I, uh, this scripture. I didn't hear from her for about three weeks, and then I heard from her, and she said, Thank you for your message. But she went right back to the Catholic Church calling those priests father. And often she would let it slip when I was around her that she went to church on Sunday. So I knew she was still in the Catholic Church, and I knew she was still calling those men father. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. From such turn away. Paul also tells us in the book of Titus chapter 3 that after you have warned them a time or two and given them the correct doctrine, if they don't heed that doctrine, just avoid them, turn from them, get away from them, because he says they are subverted and sinneth being condemned of themselves, of what they do. So he says they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, from such turn away. He said that they creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sin, led away with divers' lust, all ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They just go from house to house to house to house, speaking of their churches. He says they resist the truth. They're men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. So we are to avoid them and avoid discussing things of God with them. Avoid debating with them. It's not going to work. There was so much of this church thing at that bridge center in Lubbock. I once went to dinner with a, a couple of women. One identified herself immediately as Catholic. And another woman attended some kind of church because she proudly spoke of her son who went with some church group on a crusade to Hawaii. So I knew she was in some church. They both, we ordered our drinks and I was just having water. I don't like alcoholic beverages. I know I could drink wine, but I don't like the taste of it. They ordered beer, I think, or some kind of mixed drink. And they took their glasses and tapped them together. I did not join them. That's some kind of superstition of wishing each other well. 
there is a place in the Bible which says, if they come with another doctrine, don't wish them well in their evil deeds. If you do that, you are a partaker with them of their evil deeds. Well, eventually, I just wasn't around this Catholic woman at all. I, we were f- very close friends at one time. But I finally, we both separated from each other, and it was over this church matter. She didn't want anything to do with me, and I didn't want anything to do with her. God told me this about her. If she ever comes to you saying that she did something because of a specific scripture, and she quotes that scripture, then you can pay attention to her. But that has not happened to date. The cat, this other woman uh, was older, and she died. This uh, director of the Bridge Center identified herself as Baptist, and she said her grandfather was a Baptist preacher. She always liked me very much, though I didn't identify her as uh, being an apostle or prophet. One day I entered the Bridge Center just in time to hear this woman sitting at a table near the director say, Joel Osteen is God. I was so shocked. I said, Joel Osteen is not God. And Betty, the director, said, he certainly isn't. Joel Osteen is not God. Well, Frances, we used to call her Crazy Frances because she really was sort of crazy. Um, She just giggled. And then she turned to someone and said, they're both after me. (laughs) She just thought we were funny. We just had so much trouble in church, up church in Bridge Center. In the one of the, um, we had luncheons before we played Bridge several times, and there was a man named John who was from Church of Christ, and he always did the prayers. And oh, the first time he started, he prayed that I ever watched him. He had told him, bow your heads. Well, people did, but I didn't. I watched him. He bowed his head. And then, as soon as their heads were bowed, he opened his eyes and he snuck a card out of his pocket. And he began praying according to his notes on his card. He was basically trying to preach to the bridge center. After that, every time we were going to have a lunch and I watched for John, and when he came to the front of the room, I got up and went to the restroom. And I stayed in there until John finished praying. And while I was in the restroom, I prayed to God. I just couldn't stand it. I saw all kinds of horrible church things at the Bridge Center. I know how awful it is to have all this division in the church. I know how these people are so deformed and immature because of their doctrines at their churches and how they try to promote their churches. They're not promoting God. They're not even witnessing to God. They are witnessing to the church they attend. One woman at the Bridge Center was Presbyterian, and one day we were at the bridge table, and she said, Oh, minister preached such a wonderful sermon today. I didn't understand a word he said. I was so shocked. Paul said, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise, except ye utter by the tongue 
words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you speak into the air. This was the most ungodly group of people I have ever been around, and they constantly spoke of their church group. I had begun asking God to get me out of that group, to enable me to get out of it, because I just couldn't imagine Paul or Jesus sitting at a bridge staple trying to beat the other people. It appeals to the flesh. It is one of those works of the flesh which greatly stimulates us in the flesh. But I just had enough of it, and I had to get out. And God finally enabled me to get out. But while I was there, it was my social life to a degree, but all of these people called themselves Christians. I don't think there was but one or two that I remember not identifying their church. And we had over a 100 people at the Bridge Center. So Paul says, avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and striving about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Titus 3.9 Now let's look at First Chronicles chapter 16 to see what we should be doing. Verse 8 Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto His Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of His wonderful works. Glory ye in His name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord, the Word. Seek the Word and His strength. Seek His face continually. Remember His marvelous works that He hath done, His wonders, and the judgments of His mouth. One time this Catholic woman was praising me to another woman, and I heard overheard her. And she said something like, Oh, you should see what Joan did with her house. She changed her fireplace from gas logs to wood burning, and it's so nice. And I said, I did that because God showed me to do that. I was riding down the street, and a, a truck pulled up beside me. It was pulling a flatbed filled with firewood. And I was thinking, oh, I wish I had firewood, wood-burning fireplace. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you can have that. And I thought about it, and I thought, I can have that. I can have my fireplace changed to wood-burning. Well, those two women, both of whom identified themselves as Christians, didn't want to hear the story the minute I said, God showed me to do this. I found that over and over, that the minute you say, God showed me to do this, they don't want to hear it. But they want to praise you. Often, if they think you've done something wonderful, but God showed you to do it, They praise it, but when you say, God showed me to do it, they don't want to hear it anymore. These are antichrists in the church, antichrist in the church. Antichrist comes through the church. You think antichrist is going to come through governments of men, that's what churches teach. But I want to share with you one scripture in closing. It is in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. 
Let's look at that. The Apostle John said in verse 18, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists. In their church group, there were many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. Then John goes on to say they went out from us, but they are not of us. For had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. They were in the church group for a while, but then they left. They left to set up other church groups where their own doctrine could be pronounced because the Apostle John would not have tolerated it if he were there. Same thing with the Apostle Paul, Acts 20. Paul said to the elders of the church at Ephesus, he warned them. He said, you won't see me anymore. I know this, you won't see me anymore. But among you, some of you will try to take over speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. It's just where all those denominations started was with the Antichrist that came into the church groups and set up all these denominations even during the time of John and Paul. So you can look at these scriptures and prove to yourself that there are many Antichrists in the churches, in the churches, including the ministers, Doctrines have been changed from the Bible. They permit divorced women to remarry. They allow divorced men to marry divorced women. In the Bible, we have scriptures which say it, that both of those things are adultery. They have fallen away from scripture. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul said that had to happen before Jesus could return. That has happened. We are in a gap of space just before the return of Jesus, between now and the first sign of the return of Jesus, which is the sky will turn completely black in the middle of the day. When that happens, Jesus is coming soon, very soon. As soon as the powers of heaven are shaken, the next thing that happens, Jesus is coming. But before any of that could happen, Antichrist had to come into the churches. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is Joan Boney speaking. Most of these scriptures are given for you in our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. You can turn to our blog and see most of these scriptures written out. You can rehear this broadcast and write down the other scriptures and look them up when you have an opportunity and prove to yourself the doctrine I'm speaking today. It's not the doctrine you're probably hearing at your churches. It's not a doctrine that I've heard at churches, but it's a doctrine of the Bible, the New Testament Bible, which they have turned away from in order to get big numbers of people to come to their churches. And also, it had to happen before Jesus could return because the Apostle Paul said it would happen. Again, our blog name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.